What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And folks, today we are still talking about spring game things. We are going down the spring game itinerary, but today we are going to talk more so about the running back situation. Daniel Carter was one of the big-time winners of this game. How is that running back rotation going to work out? Can Daniel Carter find a role there? Or is it more of an innovative thing that Frank Signetti has to work out in this offense? We'll talk about that. We'll also talk about Eric Kasparowitz going to get that head coaching position at Mars. The pit volunteer assistant is leaving. We'll talk about that a little bit as well. It's all coming up today on this episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast. Our Locked On Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast, everybody. As always, thank you for making the Locked On Pit Podcast your first listen Every day, always appreciate that. If you are watching us on YouTube, make sure to like, comment, subscribe, turn on the notification bell, do all that great stuff. If you are listening to this, make sure to leave a review, give feedback. As always, this show's not as good without hearing what you guys want to hear about and give me some feedback on what to talk about overall. Now, folks, today I'm going to talk about Daniel Carter a little bit because this was a guy that was named the most improved player by his teammates, right? An absolute stud in terms of what he did this week. And so I look at what he did both in that game, and then I look at also what the guy did overall in the spring and what you've heard kind of creep out. And it's hard not to be a little bit excited about what he did, and what he did rather, right? And so when you look at what I would feel is someone that is – extremely talented, but hasn't been able to carve out a role. I think Daniel Carter would come to mind, you know, big dude. I mean, 240 pounds, essentially. I mean, the guy is huge for a running back. And that's why he played a little bit at fullback last year, but he's 5'10", 240. And so certainly at that, this is a guy that has obviously been type of this power back type. He's an old school pit type, right? You look at the Quadriolisons, uh, the you know, going back there, James Conner, like these type of guys, like that is who he is. And so I look at what, you know, he brought to the table, and I saw a guy that's very similar to what I thought he would be. A very physical guy, but he's quick for his size. He's just a tough dude and a very tough player to go up against and bring down. And that's always what's been so fun about watching Daniel Carter, even if he's just been a fullback or whatever he's been. You know, he was the fullback last year, and he did really well in that role. Uh, You know, it made that few really key blocks, was really instrumental on special teams. And so Daniel Carter has really proven to be one of these kind of breakout guys that you got to pay attention to. He's done everything he's been asked of, And moreover, he's done it well. And so 
He showcased he could block well. You know, obviously the game against Virginia, the big time block on the bootleg would never have happened without him. He showcases his versatility. He's got good hands. He can do really whatever you want him to do. And he's this type of player that really just blossoms in a Frank Zignetti type scheme to me. Because this is the type of guy that's a very good athlete for his size. And not only is he a very good athlete for his size, he's quick and he's physical and he's tough to bring down. Saw it all over the spring game, especially that first touchdown he had dragged like three people in, had about a 15-yard run before it where he ran over two guys. I mean, he is a physically imposing player. He looked like James Conner in that spring game, and that's not what he's going to be. But, boy, some of the running style, some of the finishes on his runs, the quickness laterally for relative to his size, I mean, that definitely kind of brings out what he has and doesn't feel like this is a guy that's necessarily – Avoid a burst either. He seems to be a little explosive, has some explosiveness to get to the edge. Not necessarily going to be a guy that's going to beat you with long speed, but a really interesting player who at 5'10", 240, is quicker than he should be. And it's really honestly a fun thing to watch. And so here's what I look at with Daniel Carter. And this is one of the favorite things that I saw with him. It wasn't just the fact that he had this quickness. It wasn't just the fact that he finished with physicality. It wasn't just the fact that he played for both teams and played fullback and running back. It was honestly the vision that he had, like the ability to anticipate what spaces would open up with his offensive line. On that second touchdown he had on the blue team, uh, he made a really good cut. Now, he was kind of untouched on that one, but you'll see he kind of veers in and then veers out because the linebacker gets sucked in by him pressing down towards the left, and he's able to cut right. And so this is where I'm talking about when he has this kind of lateral agility and explosiveness to kick off of, it gives him some really interesting traits or his size that make him really intriguing. And, and so that is honestly what I find to be so fascinating about Daniel Carter because he is that type of big guy that is, yes, maybe not the fastest dude out there, but he has this type of athleticism that you shouldn't have for this size. And that's what really makes him very intriguing. Then when you're able to go through tight spaces and feel out leverage like that, it's not that's not like a common trait to have. And so Daniel Carter has these kind of really cool traits that Pitt doesn't have in this running back crew, which is really fun because, I mean, you have essentially all the skill sets you could ever want in this room. You have the small scat back in Vincent Davis. You have the track star built like the Hulk running back in Izzy Kanda. You have this really tough, smart, polished guy in Rodney Hammond. And then you have this big bruiser that's way quicker than you would think he is in Daniel Carter. And accumulating this type of running back talent is so much fun to look at because you just don't see it very often. And so Daniel Carter, I mean, is showing up on the map for a reason. And this especially was really fun to see him do things in this spring game because he made some really fun cuts. He made some really good plays when he was at fullback. He made some really good blocks. There was so much to look at in terms of Daniel Carter. And it, it was so much fun to watch those traits kind of blossom. And, and everything that he did 
was really fun running different types of rushes being physical being very willing to do whatever he wants this is such an interesting player because he can do so much he plays the f he can play as a running back he can play as a fullback he can play as an h back i don't know what to do with daniel carter because he is talented and that's the thing you can clearly see it a pure rudder he is talented that's the type of guy that you see it is really fun to watch what daniel carter brought to the team and he's sturdy he clearly can take on that big workload worked for both teams he was a workhorse he looked fun and you could see why he was the most improved guy you could see that he just looked different this year i mean he just looked like a different back he looks you know i know he's listed 510 240 my guess is he's a little bit down to maybe 230 225 and it's given him a little bit more burst, and it's completely changed how it works. Because, again, he's always been quick, but when you have lateral explosiveness on top of lateral fluidity, you have the ability to make some really dope cuts, and that's what he did. Uh, he didn't just run straight ahead and be physical. He was that, obviously. That's his identity. But he was a guy that had this kind of different type of feel to him, and he was a different player. And, and I think he's going to be really fun to watch because he's a really solid athlete for his size. However, the question is, is there a role for him? That's going to be the question, and if so, how do you carve this out? What in the world are they going to do with this running back rotation? We'll talk about that, but first let me let you guys know about BetOnline.net because BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your sports betting stats and sports information. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the MLB season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. Bet online where the game starts. Welcome back to the Locked Off This Podcast, everybody. We continue to talk here about Daniel Carter and his big time game in the spring game. So the question now becomes with Daniel Carter is how do you find spots for this guy? Because this dude clearly, clearly is talented. And he had a great spring game. And it seems like he did everything in his power to become a mainstay in the rotation. That was the big thing. Could you somehow get something going in the rotation for him? And he is trying to force his way in there. I don't think he can do anything else. And so here's what I, I kind of see them working out as. Because you have Daniel Carter, who just looked like a monster. And I can't, I, I know that they have three really nice running backs. And I, I really like Hammond. I like Vincent Davis. I like Izzy Banikanda. I, I can't go, I can't say without, you know, the right conscious that, you can't find a role for Daniel Carter in this offense. Like, you need to find a role. You need to, as far as I'm concerned. And maybe it's that hot hand philosophy where you kind of go with whoever has that hot hand. But working in four different running backs is always a really tough ask. Because you don't want to ignore the flow of the game. 
And by that, I mean, okay, if Izzy's running well, you don't want to ignore that. Okay, Vince is feeling it. You don't want to ignore that. If Carter and Vince are feeling it, you don't. What like it, It's a good problem to have. But you don't want to completely squander this feeling of, I guess, comfort for these running backs. You don't want to completely take them out of rhythm. And this is where a few changes, I think, have to be made from last year. One, last year, it felt like they would just have drives. And by that, I mean, okay, this is an easy drive. This is a Vince drive. This is a Hammond drive. I think this year you can't run with that. And by that, I mean, okay, it's okay if three plays are Vincent Davis and then the next three are Izzy. Or one play is Izzy, the next is Vince, and the next is Daniel Carter. Like, that is okay. You can switch running backs every snap. It's not a bad idea. If that's how it's best utilized, that's how it should be. And that may be what it is this year. Because Daniel Carter has to get a role. And I can't say this, it's not going to be easy for him to get a role outside of his full back age back duties. He'll definitely have a role in that capacity. There's no doubt about it. They're going to run offset eye. They're going to run eye. They're going to run H back stuff. He'll have stuff in this offense. He'll have the opportunity to be a pass catcher. He'll have the opportunity to be a blogger. He'll have an opportunity to be a short yardage back in that regard. But here's the thing about Daniel Carter is he needs to be more than that. You know, this is not George Aston. You know, George Aston was a phenomenal blocker with good hands, but he was pure fullback. You weren't, you know, if, if you put George Aston running back, he wasn't going to give you that productive stuff. Daniel Carter's not. He's going to be a good runner. So you got to make him a running back, fullback, H-back high. And it's a really interesting type of player to have because you, there's just not many guys like him anymore. Like, name the people you can say that, that work fullback, H-back, and running back. I mean, the list is very small even in the NFL. We're talking about, like, Kyle Juszczyk. I mean, we're talking Juszczyk and, and, and maybe, I, I mean, I don't know. You know, there's a there was a guy that played for Maryland that's named Chick, uh, Chigo Conquo who kind of had the same idea. He was a tight end, H-back, hybrid, but he wasn't a running back. So I don't even know. You know, he'd be such a unique player. He'd almost be a one-of-a-kind type of player to me in terms of what he could do. It's just this big back that is a really fascinating player, and you got to find a role for him as a runner to me. I mean, he's just too physical. He's just too gifted, and he's too much of a, of a mismatch with the ball in his hands to not get it there. And so you have three good backs there. I, I get it. And, you know, I, I think they all deserve playing time. I, I think, obviously, Izzy Abanikanda does. The question with him is always going to be, can he improve in pass pro? Vincent Davis does, too. If, if With the wide zone scheme, no one's going to – no one. And I mean this. No one is going to benefit more from the move to the wide zone than Vincent Davis. He's going to be a lot more efficient this year with his runs. He's going to be outside the tackles. He's going to be in space. And, like, what else would you want him to do? There's even, like, a possibility to me, if they really want to get creative, where they could go pony here and two running back sets with the ability of Vincent Davis to work out of the backfield. Like, he's a really good receiver. He hasn't been utilized in that type of heavy kind of system as a true receiver, but he has always been a really good receiver. 
He's always really been good in space. So who's to say you can't move him out into the slot a little bit? Because I think you could. I think he has those type of routes. Now, you would have to take a receiver off the field for that, which is the downside. But, like, that's an innovative thing you could do. Daniel Carter has to be used somehow. Rodney Hammond, how are you going to use him? Is he is he improved in pass pro? Is he is he the question about Hammond is going to be this year, and, and I specifically say this year because I could see this year being a year where Hammond doesn't get a ton of playing time, which sucks. Um, but just because of the emergence of Daniel Carter and the veteran stuff that Vincent Davis and Izzy Abani can to do, if Rodney Hammond is not more than just a pure runner and just that. How do you kind of use him? I mean, he could be a closer, but so could theoretically so could Daniel Carter at this point. So Rodney Hammond's kind of the interesting guy here is, okay, what have you done this offseason? I need to see him improve his receiver, improve as a blocker, because if he can do that, then of course you're going to have a four-man rotation here. But Daniel Carter has to have some type of role. He has to have some type of role. There's no question, and I, I think the interesting idea of putting him and Vincent Davis on the field together is such a fascinating one at that, because this is one where you really look at the room, and, and it's it's an embarrassment of riches, which is, again, a good thing to have, but you got to find a way to utilize that. And one of those ways is to not give just one thing where you say, yeah, okay, He's only going to run two drives today, and this is going to be a Vincent Davis drive. No, no, no. you got to switch these guys out. You have to make sure that you go and say, okay, two plays for this guy. So what, so what? Uh, we are not making it a drive for one specific running back. There is nothing bad about switching out your running backs crazily. You can have a specific third down back. You can have a specific short yardage back, yes. But there's zero reason to go, this is an Izzy drive, this is a Carter drive, this is a Hammond drive, this is a Davis drive. Zero reason. So rotate these guys much smarter, rotate them in a more strategic manner, and make sure they have that even playing time so you aren't worried about someone getting malcontent. You want to try and get as many guys on the field as you can, and if it is for the best, I think that it is here because they have so many talented running backs and in different matchups, you're going to have different things. So if, if their team is smaller and they try to play with smaller linebackers or bring a safety down in the box, maybe a 3-3-5 team, maybe you go with Carter because he's bigger and more of a mismatch. If it's a team that's a little bigger and you think maybe you got a quicker guy, Missing Davis could be a, someone that could be a mismatch. Um, if you have a, a guy that – if you have a team that you really feel like is not going to be able to handle a physical, you know, kind of lightning bug type of guy – Rodney Hammond, if you want the track speed, it's Izzy. Uh, I mean, there are so many different ways to breed this running back room. It's such a talented running back room that I think you have so many different things to work through. But I, I I, can't see a scenario where you do not somehow give Daniel Carter a role after what he showcased this spring. I think he has earned it. I think he's done everything you have asked of him, and he looks really, really good at this point. Now, folks, I do want to jump over to Eric Kasparowitz. But first, let's go to a quick break. All right, folks, 
Welcome back to the Black on Pit Podcast. We we're talking a little bit here about Eric Kasparowicz leaving Pitt, the local former Pine Richland head coach that came on to Pitt staff as a volunteer assistant. And I think that there are some interesting angles to take from this. I know that some people were wondering if Kasparowicz would maybe get a coaching job, like proper coaching job with Pitt. Um, but I, I don't know if he was ever about that life. Um, if you know what I mean, I think he enjoys teaching. You know, that's all what I've heard. I think he enjoys that part of the high school grind. And so it never always made sense to me that he would get a job there because I'm not sure if that's what he wanted. He wanted to be coaching high school ball. If it were up to him, he'd be coaching Pine Richland right now. Um, so, so that's always been an interesting angle. But clearly he had a pretty big impact on this team uh, was a big time volunteer guy was on the sidelines. You always saw him last year and he consistently was with Kenny Pickett going over film was consistently with the quarterbacks trying to, you know, dissect things. He was always trying to figure out things that he could help. And he would work with different groups and he would get, be hands-on. He would be the type of guy that would 100% be hands-on. He was a big impact. And for a volunteer assistant guy, you felt like he had some significant sway in there. You know, as that local guy completely had plug-ins to the Whippeal recruiting area, so also can offer counsel to Pat Narduzzi, Carlos, Ofco, like all these guys that you look at the recruiting side, Graham Wilbert, um, those guys, he can offer counsel to them about that. Felt like a volunteer assistant that was so... So much worth it for Pitt in this ACC championship year and could offer just a little bit more juice than, say, many other volunteer guys could because he was this type of dude. But let's look at, say, now that he's at Mars. And this is something that I could see ending up being something that's interesting for Pitt because now that you have someone that was on your staff during the ACC championship season, that is a head coach in the Whippeal, a head coach that has been proven to be able to produce multiple D1 guys. The name Kasparowitz, here's the first thing. The name Eric Kasparowitz is 100% going to attract talent to Mars School District. If you are a football guy and you really want to play at a high level, you're going to go to a few places. And, and there are a few places in that area you know the pirate lands the north alleghenies the central catholics the north catholics there's now mars i mean that that's going to be real he's going to be able to attract some guys that really want to go to the next level with football because he's proven to be able to do that at pine richland look what he did for guys like phil jerkovich andrew christofich um all these guys that have gone you know carmody uh like all these guys that have gone d1 from pine richland over the past few years, and not just D1, you know, FBS. He's also had guys that have gone to the Ivies, uh, guys that have gone to those FCS schools. He has peppered the map with Pine Richland talent, and those guys are going to be able to get scholarships. And so Mars is going to now come in, and they're going to be an attractive destination for some of these guys. And so some recruits are going to be coming out of Mars, and they might be pit-level recruits. And now you have the most dramatic in with that staff. And a, a staff that has promised and has promoted growth among these young men in the past. This is something Pitt can use in the local game. 
Because if I expect, like Will, in a few years where Mars starts to become a factory of producing guys, you have a guy that has worked under Narduzzi for an entire season. An entire season now coaching there that is potentially producing this talent for the next level. And Kasparowicz is a phenomenal coach. Eric Kasparowicz is a great coach and is a great mentor. And I've only heard good things about him. And so I really think that this is a guy that could really end up being a, a instrumental type of player in the local recruiting gallon for Pitt because he does produce such talent and he's going to be able to foster these kids and the growth of, of them. And Pitt's going to be right there in that radar and they're going to have the most dramatic in out of any school. They're going to have more ins than Notre Dame. They're going to have more ins than Penn State. They're going to have more ins than WVU simply because of the Kasparowitz connection. And that is something to look forward to. That is something to know. That's something to be to really highlight as something important. And so, you know, with the way Mars has blown up in recent years too, it's big time. It is honestly kind of big time in terms of that. Because he's going to be able to coach some really good players here. With it being such a burgeoning place, Kasparowicz is really going to be able to make his mark as he sees fit on this football team. And so I look at overall the impact. You know, Pitt is losing a really solid volunteer assistant, which sucks. But they're also gaining this type of in in recruiting and local recruiting and what a hire for Mars. And so I think it's such a great hire for them, but it's also such a great in for the pit program in terms of what they're going to be looking for. Um, so I think this is 100% something that you look for as a positive for Pitt. I think Kasparowitz could do some really good things and he could have an impact on Whippy recruiting in the Mars, the Mars to pit pipeline. It could become a legitimate thing with those connections between Kasparowitz and Pitt now, they are strengthened. They are strong. He knows what it's like to work on a pattern news. He knows what the culture is like. He knows what the development system is like. He can speak to everything from personal experience. And that is something I think that is really going to help Pitt if he does what I think he's going to do in Mars and build something really special over there. All right, folks, tomorrow we'll talk a little bit about Shane Simon, those guys as well as the linebacking core. But we will also talk a little about Whippeal recruiting. Rodney Gallagher, Tamir Robinson can hit land the Whippeal guys this year in the 2023 class. We will talk about that. John Garcia Jr., Locked On's recruiting insider, will join us to discuss those guys, how the recruitment is going, and overall what they are feeling. So all of that is coming up tomorrow on Locked to Pit, folks. As always, thank you for listening. And as always, hail to Pit.